This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Christmas Everest, the advent calendar, door three. Festivus is upon us. And what better way to celebrate the great Christmas tradition by uh, watching the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, two people who are notable, if nothing else, for not being from or living on Earth. Yeah, it's an interesting one, this, isn't it? Because... (laughs) <laughs> if you think about it, that Des O'Connor show we watched oh yeah, could really have been at any time of the year. All they'd have had to do is switch yeah. the songs that Barry Manilow was doing. And it could have been at any time of the year. Take out all the Christmas decorations, of which there were a lot. I mean, I presume that it was probably recorded in August. Yeah, Such and prior to things. that, yeah, and prior to that, we were on Saint and Greavesy, which was recorded three days before Christmas. But has barely got any Christmas in it. Yeah, it's a, it's our first narrative piece. It was really, really, really hard work. It was a bit confusing, certainly. I kept pausing it to see how far into it I was. <laughs> At every time, my shoulders just went, oh, oh no... The first time, I swear to God, I thought we were. I thought I was like twenty-five minutes into it or something. Eight minutes. Wow. I I mean, if we're going to talk procedural things, one thing I will say is that due to the way that this particular video is marked on YouTube, it wouldn't allow me to add it to my watch later playlist. Interesting. By the save function, I had to go elsewhere to add it to my watch later playlist because it's marked for children you can't for some reason add things to your watch later playlist i i don't know anything about that what i do know is that the video was absolutely festooned with adverts like every five or six minutes there was another advert for another toy and i think that that is an absolute disgrace (laughs) And that heads should roll somewhere. Yeah. I mean, to the best of my knowledge, He-Man and She-Ra were set up with one eye on the toy market. Well, yes. I I think that they were toys before they were anything else. I think that the storyline and so forth was retrofitted around these characters that they'd come up with. I think it's like a kind of common sort of trope. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is very, very common in in uh, America, especially in the nineteen eighties, that somebody would make a toy and then make an animated series around it. I think it happened with Transformers. It happened with Mask. There's a very close connection between the two. It's it it feels like a very cynical move. Yeah, um, you know, very, uh, very, very cynically thought out it's real by numbers stuff and the thing is that despite that it still manages to be in some ways really weird (laughs) i'll put it this way right every single character 
in the entire episode is voiced absolutely terribly. Interesting. Even it's noticeably bad. Did you not pick up on it? That Skeletor doesn't sound evil. They're getting away! What are you doing, Rattler? He-Man ruined our controls. The automatic pilot is taking us back to Snake Mountain. What? He sounds... I don't know quite what he sounds like. He sounds like kind of Skeleton Kenneth Williams. Yeah, but does, I mean, Skeletor undergoes some. He has he has quite a existential crisis throughout this episode. I think. Well, he does, and it, I'll give you. He's he is a living existential crisis. He certainly is. The dude has got because I don't know what the backstory is here. I haven't looked up whether Skeletor just hasn't got a fate. I think he because he's got bloody muscles. I think he is the uh, and uh, again this is retrofitted subsequent to the animation being made. I believe in in subsequent comics. I think he is the brother or long lost half brother of He Man's father. So he's well, technically yeah, he's He Man's uncle, and I believe that he lost his face in some kind of acid attack or you know, washing up mishap. But it's suspended in space. Yeah. It's fucking floating. It certainly is. So explain that and don't say magic. Well, obviously he's wearing a hood, so the shading certainly accounts for a certain amount of it. But So are you telling me then that if he took his hood off, you'd be able to see just straight through the skull? I don't know. I mean, there might be a some sort of rudimentary neckage in there. One would one would presume so. Well, look, that's what I want to know. You see, where where does the body begin? Well, we're gonna and have... apparently the deep dark void of space end. Where's the Where's the line? Yeah, I think um, before we before we get too deeply into any specific things, uh, I'm I'll, I'm going to run through a brief plot summary of what happens in the episode, and then we can touch more deeply on uh, any issues that arose from it okay we what we've got here is uh on eternia where it's snowing the twins which is prince adam and princess adora are celebrating yeah well celebrating their about look about those yeah we'll get back to them (laughs) stick a pin in that yeah they're celebrating their birthday together and it reminds the queen their mother of the Earth holiday, Christmas. She is, in fact, from Earth. Yeah. Uh, which makes me wonder, I mean, how is this the first time that Christmas has come up? But again, I'll we'll get back to that. Man at Arms and Adam are preparing a sky spy, sort of spy plane to keep, a, yeah. keep an eye on Skeletor. Orko, yeah. the prick, gets in it and it flies off. Yeah. He ends up on Earth. After being attacked by Skeletor, yeah, meets some children, abducts them. Yeah, well, he, he <laughs> does really because when the tractor beam is is ready, he brings the children back with him, and then yeah. those children become a high profile prize in the endless game between good and evil that's happening in space, and. In the end, He-Man and She-Ra save the day. I mean, it's it's essentially a story whereby there's a series of short-lived moments of peril. Yeah, and they they're weird. 
I, mean, I would say they're weird. I mean, one of the first moments of peril that I want to deal with is the beast monster. Yeah. Now, the beast monster is a sort of long-necked bipedal dinosaur who is guarding the water crystal that they re- uh, they require to manage to get Man-at-Arms' tractor beam to rescue Orko. So they have to go and face down this enormous dinosaur who uh, yeah. essentially just trips over. Yeah. And that's it. That's it for the beast monster. Yeah. yeah, not that much of a beast monster, is it? It makes you wonder how it got to that age. Well, it, 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 again, it's such a short-lived moment of peril. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. It, and, and not remotely perilous. Well, not not for them. I think the beast no. monster may have injured himself quite badly. Yeah. There's a, a more sustained threat comes about shortly after that because of the monstroids who are a sort of race of transforming robots, if you can even imagine such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they sort of persist throughout the episode in a lot more sustained way than um, the beast monster. I mean to look up, actually, um, whether there was copyright infringement going on here or whether Transformers were also owned by Mattel. In which case... You know, I think they may have been, been across, or or it might be that, like I say, Transformers might have been an offshoot from He-Man. I think you know? it's possible that I mean these monstroids were so clear and distinct from Transformers that although they transformed, you couldn't really mistake them. I mean Transformers transform properly; these monstroids just transformed into a slightly different shape, pre-existing sort of malevolent tin robot. The thing is, Skeletor is not the problem. Skeletor is not in charge of shit. No. And I think it's easy to forget that he's really just a cog in a wheel. He is. He, he's he's cast as something of an underling in this. Yeah, he's like an eternal, like, kind of, um, you know, a lieutenant. Yeah, he's a lieutenant of Horde Prime. Whatever the hell that means. And like his co-workers yeah. take the piss out of him all the time. <laughs> He's got the worst fucking staff. I have no idea what's going on with his recruitment policy. But yeah. when you actually see them all trying to drive that spaceship, they're fucking morons. They are all extraordinarily dim-witted. So, you know, I think the first place he needs to look is HR. Well, I mean, I don't know how many people there are on Eternia I don't really know what the demography of Eternia is whether or not most of the people who live there are good Uh, maybe I think Skeletor would have a much better luck recruiting from the UK there's enough malevolent people here that I think Skeletor Skeletor could probably uh, assemble I mean I wouldn't say competent but at least larger force Yeah, in in number, if nothing else. I mean, there's not going to be quality, but he will at least have quantity. It's just such froth. It's (laughs) every single one of them sounds terrible. There there are points when there are just huge, great big plot holes. Never mind the fact that these two fucking kids have just been abducted by a literal alien. Well, yeah, I mean, one thing I would like to see, actually, is a cartoon from the perspective of earth where yeah, you know there's the a yeah, frantic 
manhunts going on. Search going on. Three days before Christmas. I know. Or whatever it is. Two days before Christmas. And they've just disappeared. And then they, yeah. they eventually they turn up back at home to their parents who go, oh, I'm glad you're back. We were so worried. Yeah. The dad's really fat as well. I just point that out. Yes. Um, Wasn't he? Uh, that was kind of unexpected. But they turn up and they're wearing new coats, which Skeletor had conjured up out of thin air for them to wear. So that's what he does. Isn't and it? they were wearing space belts that were gifts from He-Man, which yeah. allowed the wearer to fly. Which, I mean, again, if your children go missing for three days or whatever and then come back and say, it's all right, we were in space and they're wearing flying belts, well, what do you do? What kind of a world are we living in? Well, yeah. What kind of world are they living in? And, I mean, what are we expected to believe that the atmosphere on all of these different planets, because we visit at least three planets in the course of this, because you've got He-Man's planet, which is Eternia, and then She-Ra's planet, which is Etheria. Etheria is a grim old place. There's a lot of bad stuff that happens on Etheria. Yeah, I did pick up on that. I like It was like doing a camera panning around a bit of it. Yeah. And I was like, this looks a bit like a slave economy. Etern- yeah, Eternia looks quite nice. And, you know, the, there's sort of seers and conjurers and bards and people who can uh, mm. just conjure up any... Environment. Yeah, I'm not not happy about that really. But Etheria is just a stark. It's like um, Los Angeles 2029 in the Terminator. <laughs> it's brutal, just a sea of despair. I looked into this a little bit. Apparently, what happened in the um, the story of He-Man and She-Ra is that they were split up, the two twins, and one was kidnapped. And, mm-hmm. and grew up on Etheria. So She-Ra grows up on Etheria with okay. her stepfather, who is also the um, villain in the She-Ra cartoons, Hordak, who is All right. uh, the, the bloke who's basically head-to-head with Skeletor throughout to try and capture the Earth children and deliver them to Horde Prime. It makes narrative sense insofar as that there's a vaguely coherent backstory if you are prepared to push your suspension of disbelief to bursting point. That, yeah. At that point, and beyond. it starts to become coherent. Well, but on the whole, I mean, it's <laughs> just this mess of set pieces and kidnap and child abuse. There is an extraordinary amount of kidnap on display. Orko, as you say, abducts the children. There's no reason for Orko to bring those children back. I no, mean, no. little prick, does he not realise the problems that he's causing by yeah. bringing? I mean, on Earth, you can't even you can't even take a fucking bit of fruit across state lines in America. Yeah, I mean, he calls them kids. He does. So he knows they're kids. He hasn't got the excuse of, oh, this is the first time I've been on Earth. I, I thought they were adults. Yeah, I think his only excuse is that he's a fucking idiot. Well, he's either an idiot or a nonce. And Orko is the little um, floating... It's like a floating anorak with a wizard's hat, isn't he? Well, again, I was like, it's it's 
I've got a feeling that there's because there's green horns sticking out or green ears sticking out the top, yeah. and so I've got the feeling that all you can see is the eyes, but underneath that hat, yeah. Again, there's like a black hole, and if it wasn't a black hole there, you'd be able to see some sort of green, probably quite annoying face. <laughs> I imagine. What, and then, also, would the, he can float. Would the eyes be the most protuberant part of that face, or really sticking out? Yeah, well, clearly, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, everything else is hidden. And, uh, uh, you know, after that kidnap... Mm. They are kidnapped by uh, Hordak, who arrives in a dildo. Yes. And kidnaps the children with a tractor beam, only for the monstroids to kidnap the children from him. <laughs> and then. There's so much kidnap going on. Skeletor then kidnaps the children from the monstroids. Yeah. God almighty. Yeah, and the thing is that I thought that this is why it was stretching for so long is because they were just packing so much into it. Yeah, there was I think barely this is why... any downtime. Did you not yeah. notice by the end of it I felt fucking exhausted. Well, this is this is why I think the moments of peril are so short-lived because they've written enough moments of peril to sustain several Christmas specials. And they just said, yeah, I'll just stick them all in, all in the hour. Which does make you wonder, because He-Man and She-Ra, every time they turn up, they're very capable and, you know, super strong and can deal with this stuff in a trice. Well, I did. You do, you do have to wonder why it is the first time this shit happens. They don't just sort it out once and for all. Mm. Yeah, um, and yeah. Stop wasting all of our fucking time yeah. at Christmas. Just get rid of them indefinitely. Why do you keep having to fucking go back and forth with this if you're winning it that easily you can get rid of them all indefinitely yeah. because they, they were not in real peril at no. any point in this the kids were no. well the kids the kids were but actually when they were seemingly at their most peril which was when they were left alone with Skeletor mm. Skeletor undergoes a, a sort of a Damascene conversion yeah yeah um, I think this is worth, it's very much worth touching upon. He saved you? Yes, I, I, I guess I did. I wish I knew why. Oh, oh I, I don't think I feel well. Well, I think you're feeling the Christmas spirit, Skeletor. It makes you feel good. Well, I don't like to feel good. I like to feel evil. Oh. Don't worry, Skeletor. Christmas only comes once a year. <sighs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Skeletor is sort of overwhelmed by these, these feelings of goodwill yeah. towards the children and towards this puppy that like, they find. Like Christmas spirit is a naturally occurring substance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... The thing, the thing I like about it is that the children are telling Skeletor, or as they call him, Mister Skeletor, <laughs> about you know Christmas and the spirit of Christmas, and, Ske- and uh, you know he's not happy about it, but at the same time he doesn't seem to be able to resist it's the fundamental goodness of Christmas. It absolutely ties itself in logical knots. This little section and Skele- Skeletor. I mean, it's ridiculous because he's like. He's going, 
oh, I feel kind and I hate feeling kind. <laughs> and it's yeah, like he's he's having trouble. Doesn't no part of that makes any sense whatsoever. At the end of it, ultimately Skeletor is the hero, which comes as a big surprise to everybody, not least him. Yeah. Um but he he seems placated by the knowledge that Christmas only comes once a year. And I I was left wondering whether or not he actually quite enjoyed having that sort of characteristic bout of niceness and uh, I should Im- I should imagine it was more like Christmas Day 1914. The next day they were back at it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, you know, he slept on it and woke up, and it was all forgotten. Yeah, the kids, are, um, the kids are gone. Maybe he thought it was a dream. But do you think that Skeletor is going to celebrate Christmas moving forward every year? Well, and he, you know, he helps. Um, he helps children. The thing and is, he looks after puppies. The thing is that I, I don't think that he's going to see it that way. I don't think so. But the inner conflict is interesting to watch, you know. I have got a note written down here, and I know this is something you're eager to uh, touch upon. Uh, It says, suspicions of incest. Look. (laughs) I've got a sister. (laughs) I've never spoken to her the the way those... We've never spoken to each other the way those two speak to each other. Well, I should fucking hope not. That would be weird, wouldn't it? And of course, the thing is, if he's a He-Man and she's a She-Ra, yeah. and they appear to be the only two of their species, everybody else that's quite normal, if they want to propagate the um, oh, the He-Man, if they, if they want a successor to carry on protecting this planet, since they can't be fucking bothered to just knock it all out and get it over and done with once and for all, then they, they're going to have to... Take a chance of a higher risk of deformities? I I don't know. But but of course, I mean, the problem is that everybody else faces, who's going to stop them? They're they're the two most powerful beings in the universe. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, but is there a risk of genetic defects? Um, Is that that a thing that happens between a He-Man and a She-Ra? Because you'd expect... I'd, I'd expect their reproductive systems... Oh well, yeah. I'd expect their reproductive systems to be as ripped as their muscles. <laughs> I I imagine that He Man's jizz bolt could put through a wall. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I, and and the thing is, what I'm uncomfortable with is that they are talking about each other as brother and sister. Yep. When they are clearly talking to each other as though they are lovers. Yeah, there is... That, it, it's it something is you, cognitive you... dissonance, is what it is. It is you are seeing one thing and hearing another. Yeah. Or the words themselves aren't matching the tone of what's being said. It's such a weird thing to hear. It could just be that, you know, it's a, because they, they come from different planets and we're not... But they are half-human. As well, yeah, and uh, you know, so it's the, which which half is you? If if the if it's the bottom half, <laughs> <laughs> then we're all in trouble. But um, but no, you know, I mean, like I say, they've got so long on this planet, and then they're gonna, you know, or and it has to also be borne in mind that well, they're only gonna get older 
you know they're not going to get fitter as they get older no so if they were and and they also work in a high risk occupation even though they seem to win everything they do very easily they are yeah they are both continually under assault every day from the forces of evil yeah so you'd think that they'd be looking for a successor straight away and i tell you what i had a look around that whatever it was that was going on party at, oh, the very, at, the end. Yeah, at the very start yeah. of it, it was. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, yes. And I'll tell you what, there didn't seem to be a natural successor there. Uh, no, I mean, the only person... Because I suppose it's a bit like sort of Game of Thrones, isn't it? It's a bit like learning about the uh, English monarchy throughout the Middle Ages, yeah. all the sort of in- intrigue and backbiting and infighting and politicking that goes on. <laughs> and then before you know it, <laughs> you fucked your sister. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think the the person in that room at both the the party at the beginning and at the end, who I think is the most likely to be able to put in a claim for that the oh, throne, dear. is probably the geezer with the elephant's head. It's like a robotic elephant head. I think he's got some moves. Well, I mean, presumably Man at Arms is uh, the designated successor, but he seems to spend a lot of time. Working on spy planes, but the thing is, what is a man at arms? Actually, uh, uh, that's a good question. A soldier of the high medieval to Renaissance period who was typically well versed in the yeah. use of arms and served as a fully armoured heavy cavalryman. You see, that in some ways. Eternia is very advanced. Oh, it's a quite. This but is it, quite. This is this is very feudal. This is feudal. But yeah, in another way, it's an absolute. It's like a feudal monarchy, which makes me wonder. I mean, we're seeing all of the the goings on at court, essentially. Mm. But where's where's all of the common people? Well, yeah. How down? How downtrodden are they? Oh my God! You're listening to the Karl Marx cast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Here we go. This is Albion Free State. Oh all over no, again. no, not again. Albion I feel as if Free we've State. repeated that episode at least four times. Didn't know we had a king. I thought we were an autonomous collective. You're fooling yourself. We're living in a dictatorship. A self-perpetuating autocracy in which the working classes... Oh, there get... you go, bringing class into it again. Well, that's what it's all about. If only people would... Please, realize... please, good people, I am in haste. Who lives in that castle? No one lives there. Then who is your lord? We don't have a lord. What? I told you, we're an anarcho-syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a simple majority. I, I fear that it's going to keep coming up because it, it made a lot of um, very good points that have stayed with us. Well, I mean, on Orco, I have got Orco. written down. That prick. I've got written down here. Where is it? I want to see the fear in his eyes. <laughs> any at any specific time, or just you know, um, whenever. It was right at the beginning when he first when the, when the spaceship thing first took off and he was inside it, and he clearly didn't yeah. know how to control it. So I was thinking, right, okay, well, this thing is inevitably, in theory, going to crash. I mean, it's not, but it should. And I oh, want yeah, to it was see out of control. I want to see the. 
fear in his eyes. Well, I quite. I mean, if 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 there's going to be the fear in his eyes, I would quite also like to see a turd drop out the bottom of his yeah. coat because obviously he's float <laughs> just some piss. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, overall, big fan. Um, it was. I found it impenetrable. Really, it was more interesting than I thought it was going to be. My ultimate conclusion on it was, um, what a fucking hot mess of a show. That's the last thing that I wrote about it. Above that, I've got in inverted commas. The hopes of finding them alive are fading. And I can't remember exactly why. Well, it's probably... Oh, uh... it was the bloody avalanche, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was thinking of actually what the news reporting would be uh, 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 <laughs> at home. <laughs> yeah, but they so, yeah. Be, yeah, they would be presumed dead in the avalanche that Orco saved yeah. them from. Hope, yeah. Hopes of finding them alive are fading. But it was, like I say, it was just a hot mess of a show. It was all over the place. The song, Jesus fucking Christ, there was a song, I, uh, wasn't there? I'd actually, I blanked the song from my and mind, that but there was, was a song. that was the worst fucking thing I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> I haven't even written anything down about no, it. No, I didn't. I, I, I just wanted to forget yeah, it. Yeah, but it's more. just popped into my head. But it, um, it was a thing. It happened. Yeah, this. Oh, it's no doubt yeah. you're you're about to listen to it now. We've got just the right setting for my new Christmas song. Let's try it. Love and caring, peaceful bliss, joys of sharing, happiness, Christmas spirits in the air, eternia and everywhere. <laughs> now that's the Christmas spirit. What was your favourite festive moment? I mean, this was a Christmas special, even though most of the people in it didn't know anything about Christmas. Well, yeah, I mean... And it's not celebrated on that planet. I think, because we did touch on this earlier, and I think we should go back to it. Yeah. What's going on with the size of their dad? He was morbidly obese <laughs> he really was and he was actually i mean and, uh, like i thought i thought bernard manning was going to be the fattest thing that we saw during these i i was taken aback by it but and, you know i've got no issue with it but no it was I such just, yeah, a I surprise to see it because yeah, i don't you... think i've ever seen anybody that size on a um, you know, on a on a like a cartoon before you just I don't like do it. you. I mean, not even Homer Simpson. They always go on about how fat Homer Simpson is. Yeah, and he really isn't that fat. You not know? he. He was fatter than when Homer Simpson deliberately gained weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how fat this bloke was. Yeah, and, and there was no and, there was no rhyme or reason for it. He, they could have just drawn him as bloke bloke a yeah which they normally would have done which is why it was so surprising to see him yeah fair play to him yeah because i mean presumably they weren't recurring characters or anything they were just one oh no no 
He's going to have a great Christmas, though, that bloke. It, and, you know, when you're that big, it could be your last every Christmas. I don't know, unless, so he's Santa, unless he's Santa Claus. He might be. Ah, there you go. That's it. They're trying to plant a subliminal link that he's mm, Santa Claus. Because he go. had a beard as well, didn't he? But it was black. I think I think my, my festive highlight of the show is probably when the elephant head man puts the star on top of the Christmas tree. Which, you know, useful. Um, and my, my Christmas hope from watching this episode is that the children, having now met Prince Adam and Princess Adora, don't learn anything from them. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 There's, a, there's definitely a limit to the lessons that should be learned there. But there you go. Um, there's, that's, that's He-Man. That's He-Man. S- now celebrates Christmas forevermore despite the fact that his mother is from earth and has never mentioned it yeah until this point even though they were born at christmas apparently because it's their birthday as well i will not be going back no i don't think so not to a christmas one anyway right tomorrow it's delia's classic christmas it wouldn't be christmas without delia without a bit of delia I would stress that, again, you chose it and this is your fault. Yeah, well, no, it's yours. So, yeah, so um, right, we'll be back take. with Delia's classic Christmas tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.